Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We're kicking off a brand new series called The Greatest Summer Ever. I know that right now, if you're a parent in the room and you have a senior, it's a little bit emotional because right now we've got graduations happening, we've got uh, awards happening, all these things are happening around this month, prom was happening, I mean... So many things are happening because we're getting ready for the summer. And for if you're a senior in this room, you're getting ready for the next chapter in your life. And the reason why we wanted to call this the greatest summer ever is because it's not about the vacations that you're about to take. Because I'm sure that some of you are going to take some good vacations. If you, uh, maybe for some of you seniors, your family's going to give you a senior gift. And that, that might be a nice vacation somewhere. Or I don't know. Something, but we're, you know, when we think of summer, we think, man, I'm going to the beach, whether it's South Padre, or I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, and we, we, we kind of put our minds with that. But really what I want to talk about is that the reason why it's the greatest summer ever is because of who we serve in the midst of our summer. Because here's the thing, culture and other people might be feeling a certain type of way, but the people of God go from victory to victory, from grace to grace, from strength to strength, Amen. And so that's why we wanted to call it the greatest summer ever. And we want to talk about what it looks like to live in freedom all the days of your life. All the days of your life. If you didn't know this, God has designed me and you to live in freedom. God died on the cross and rose again so that we could live in freedom. Not so that we can live in bondage, not so that we can live broken, not so that we can live addicted. No, so that you could be free, completely free. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 1 through 5. Galatians 3, 1 through 5 says this. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you have seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. I'm going to stop there for a second. Paul, in this, in this passage, he's talking to the Galatians, and he's correcting them because what was going on in that time was they believed the message of Jesus, they accepted Christ, but then they began, to, they began to get influenced by other people, and they began to go back to the law. They began to go back to rituals. They began to live a religious life instead of the life that Jesus had offered them. In other words, God, when Jesus came and he set us free, our relationship with God has nothing to do with us working by the sweat of our brow. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say. If coming to church is a chore for you, you might be in religion. If praying, if doing certain things, reading your Bible becomes a chore for you and a, and a thing that you feel desperate about and you don't, it, it becomes more of a burden to your life than a blessing, then you might be living a religion and not a relationship. 
It just might be that kind of way. Where you start feeling a certain way. Where you start saying, man, like, oh, Pastor Sam, I, I didn't pray three times yesterday. Did you pray once with your whole heart? Well, yeah, okay, do better, you know. But the thing is that we become, all of a sudden, when we have this relation with God, it's almost like I have to work hard for God to love me. If you're a parent in this room, your kids don't have to work for your love. You love them. You tell them you love them every day. You don't say, hey, if you clean your room, I'll tell you I love you. Hey, if you learn how to drive better, I'll really tell you I love you. We don't do that. We don't go and say, hey, if you, when, when you get into that parking lot, you got to come in your knees all the way to the front. And then you got to kiss my ring. No, no, we don't do any of that. Because that's not what God ever intended. That's, that's religion. That is not relationship. Your, your, your relationship with your spouse, you don't got to work for your love. Like, oh, you didn't buy me flowers at 7 p.m. on Monday? Uh, I guess this is it for us. You know, we don't do that. No, it's a relationship. And the same thing, the people in this, in this time, they believe the message. Paul was telling them, dude, did you not believe God? The miracles that were happening, didn't you say, didn't you do it because you believed God? Not because of the works you were doing? He was correcting them in that moment. And if we're not careful, church, we will live bound instead of free because we think that it has to work this way for God to come. We think that I have to do it this exact way if God's going to do something new. And before you know it, Christianity is a burden to you. You don't even enjoy it. And then you hate Christianity and you hate God and you hate the church. And before you know it, you go down a rabbit hole and we don't see you for months. Not because of what was being preached, but because of what you decided to do with the life that God gave you. You put the burden on yourself. You became a slave to religion. Nobody did it. I didn't come and put shackles on you. I didn't come and tell you, because in the Bible times, there was over 600 laws in Bible times. Nobody could keep up with them. That's why Jesus was always fighting with the Pharisees. They were putting burdens on people, making people feel a certain way because they weren't meeting the needs. And the Pharisees themselves weren't even following all the laws. But they wanted everybody else to. And so sometimes in our relationship with God, we either try to please God with the things that we do because we think that's, what's gonna, that's what it's going to take for God to love me and for God to do something. Or we're bound not by religion, but sometimes we're bound by the fact that we don't believe who we are in Christ. In other words, our identity is lost. And the, fin- the foundational way that God leads us to freedom is identity. That's the foundational way that God will lead me and you to freedom is through identity. When me and you know who we are in Christ, when me and you accept that I'm a son and you're a daughter in Christ, it changes the way we live. It changes everything for us. And we live in a world, in a culture where identity is becoming a problem more and more and more. But if you can get back to the word of God and find out who you really are in Christ, you'll realize that there's a lot of benefits that come with it. That you can come to God and ask him for something God will freely give because you're a son. 
I don't go to my dad's house and tell my dad, uh, I want that bottle of water. Can I, I'll pay you five bucks for it. You know what I do sometimes? And my dad gets mad. I'll visit his house sometimes. And I'll be like, hey, dad, uh, you think I can get that, that, those two bottles of waters and take it home? He's like, son, how, how, can, how, how can you say that? You're my son. I love you. You can get whatever you want in this house. I just do it to bother him. But he gets very upset when I do that. Like he gets mad. Because he's my dad. He doesn't, I don't have to do anything to get something from him. I'll never forget. Uh, when we went to Puerto Rico to visit my family, uh, I know I don't look Puerto Rican, I look white, and my beard's red, and my life doesn't make any kind of sense, but I live in Laredo, and, but my dad says I'm his, so. Um, uh, when we went to Puerto Rico, my cousin, he used to own a gas station, and I remember one time, me and my brother went to visit my family, and so we go to his gas station, and then he's like, hey, get, get whatever you want, and so we start getting chips, and we start getting drinks, and all these things, and, uh, and then he's looking at, and we're just standing there, just waiting, and then he's looking at us, and he goes, my, my cousin goes, he's way older than us, he goes, um, why don't you just eat them? And they're like, oh, because we don't have the money, we're waiting for my dad. He's like, he, he, he told us, he goes, you're my family. You can eat it right here. Those people, they have to pay, because there were people in line. You don't have to pay, eat it right now. So we're just kind of like, really? Like, we're just eating, like. And then we felt like we were the coolest people in the world. Because, like, we could eat in a gas station for free. You know, like, because we were, like, in elementary at the time. So we thought it was the coolest thing ever. But it's the same thing that when we carry the identity of God, God looks at us the same way and says, you're a son, you're a daughter. You can come and ask me and I'll fill it. You can come and I'll, I'll meet your need. You can come and you can change. I'll transform this. I'll make way for you because you belong to me. That's what it looks like when we have a relationship. Then that is what freedom really looks like. When we are understanding our hearts that, man, that I'm a son and a daughter. The problem that people have sometimes is many people understand it with their heads, but they doesn't operate in their hearts. They get it. They receive it in their head. Yeah, I'm I'm free. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. But for some reason, it doesn't go down to their heart. And because it doesn't operate in their heart, they walk the same way as a slave. And when you don't have the revelation of a son and a daughter, when you don't walk in that kind of identity, what happens is this is you become comfortable with slavery. When you walk without the revelation that you are free, that you're a son, that you're a daughter, when you don't walk with that revelation, you get comfortable with slavery. And that's what, that, was God's, that was never God's design for you. Genesis 32, when Jacob wrestles with the, the, the angel, the Bible says in Genesis 32, I'm not going to read it for you, you can read it later, that he wrestles an angel And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So the Bible says that they began to wrestle each other. And he was wrestling. And if you love WWE, it might have looked like that. I don't know what what kind of wrestling they did. I don't know if they did a suplex. I don't know if they did a stunner. I don't know. It was the undertaker and they just, they slammed. I don't know. But the Bible says that they wrestled all night until finally he got the blessing. Finally he got it. But the question people always 
ask, and I'm, I'm sure you wonder, what did he get? Did you ever think about it? What did he really get when he said, will you bless me? Did he get more chariots? Because back then there was no Ferraris or chariots. There were horses. There was more horses. There was more homes. You know what he got? A new name. A new name. He went from Jacob to Israel. A new name. Jacob meant something else. And I'm not saying that, I I hate using this because people get offended because of the name Jacob. It has nothing to do with you. This is during that time. And we're from Jacob, which means deceiver at that time, to Israel, which means prince of God. In other words, when you are connected to God, you don't carry a name that somebody else put on you. You carry the name that God puts in you because God sees you different. You don't carry the name that you put on yourself. You're not who you say you are sometimes. You don't carry the name that maybe an uncle or grandma put on you, that you're nothing, that you're dumb. No, God says that I'm a son and I'm a daughter. God says I'm an heir to Christ. God says that whatever belongs to God belongs to me. So what changed was his name. When you give your life to Jesus, what changes isn't just the life that you have. It changes your identity because you're not who you used to be. You're not the addict that people used to know you as. You're not the drunkard that people used to know you as. You're not whatever it is that other people have labeled over your life. That used to be you. But when you gave your life to Jesus, you got a new name. You went from, man, my label was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. Man, my label was this, but now in God, I am this. That is the difference, church. That's why when we go back to to verse 3, I mean, in Galatians 3, that's why Paul was getting so mad at them. He was like, what are you doing? Because during that time, they were getting mad at them. They're like, hey. Well, if you want to be approved from in, in the spark notes of Pastor Sam, oh, you want to be get approved by God? You got to go get circumcised. That was a big deal back in the day. Like you, you had to be circumcised in order to be right with God back, in, back then. Now it, it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to get into the science of this. You know what it is. Circumcised or not, God loves you. I don't even want to know what, what you do with your life. All right. Um, but during that time, so people were getting deceived and they were like feeling bad. They're like, oh, like I, I haven't done these certain things. And, and that's why Paul was getting so upset. He's like, how did the miracles happen? Was it because you obeyed the law or was it because you believed Jesus? How did, the, how did this happen in your life? Because you did this or because you believed the message that was preached? He was like, who, who tricked you? Who, who, who lied to you? Who told you a different thing? Who told you it had to be like that? For God to approve of you. And religion will do that. See, praying, reading the Bible, 
all these good things that we do as Christians, that, that is not the have to, it's, it serves our relationship with God. It's a part of who we are. We do it because we love God. I pray because I love God and I understand that without him, I can't do anything. That without his power, that without his love, without his wisdom, I can't operate in my life. I can't be the best dad I can be. I can't be a great husband. I can't do anything without God. That's why I pray. Why do I read the Bible? I read the Bible because I need to know the word of God. The word of God needs to be in me. So that when, when the enemy comes, I can clap back with the word of God. When I'm going through something and I need the word, that's what it's there to lead me, to guide me. I don't do it as a chore like, man, Sam, really, I got to read the word, the word this morning. You don't got to do anything, but there is a difference when you do. There is a difference when you do. You can ignore everything I said, but there is a difference when there is commitment and submission to Christ. And if you've served God wholeheartedly and maybe you stepped away, I'm here to encourage you, come back home. Come back home. Try again. And watch what God does with your life. Watch it. But the foundational way that God leads us into freedom is through identity. It's not through human effort. It's not through your willpower. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Anything done in the flesh has to be sustained by the flesh. If we're not careful. If we're not careful, anything that we do in the flesh, we've got to sustain it by the flesh. And that's not how we were meant to live either. It's a new identity. Some of you, you're in this room and you're carrying things in the past that God already forgave you for. Forgive yourself. Some of you are thinking things and claiming things over your life that God has already forgiven you for. It's the enemy that will get you to get distracted by what someone said or what you did to make you feel like there's no hope. But that's not God. That's not the God we serve. Repeat after me. Say, bondage is not for me. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, uh, 10 through 17. Luke 13, 10 through 17. Says this, one Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant and that Jesus healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days, come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. 
don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. He did. I want to read this to you. Yeah. Awesome. I want to share this story with you. Because a lot of people miss a lot about this story. There's a lot in this story. Number one, this whole sermon can be said in this whole passage. And this is how it worked. Jesus spoke the word. Jesus laid hands on her. She got healed. And there was a praise break. All Those are four points that you can take home. When you speak the word, when you put action to it, God does something about it, and God gets the glory for it. There it is. I can, I can conclude now. There was a praise break. I don't know if you've ever been on a praise break after God did something great, but there's, there's nothing like a praise break when you praise God because God did something amazing for your life. But like this lady, there's a lot of people in our world today that are dealing with deeper things than just the physical. See, a lot of people, I'm sure when she would go to the synagogue and they would see her bent down all the time like this and just come to church like this all the time, a lot of people probably were like, man, that's terrible. Poor lady. Maybe she can't afford surgery and all this. But the Bible says that it was a spiritual problem. See, there are things in our life that are not physical, but they are spiritual. There are people in this room, you're not dealing with physical pain in your back, but there are things that are keeping you bent down. There are things that are weighing on your life. There's probably worry. There's shame. There's things that have got you to come to church. Instead of straight and worshiping the Lord, you come to church bent because of the things that you're carrying in your life. Not because God can't heal, but because the word hasn't gone yet. But I'm here to let you know that there's a word today for your life. All you need is a word from God. All you need is a word. When the doctors say one thing, you can say, man, but I got a word today. But I got a word. But I got a word. It's the word of God, church, that makes the difference. When Jesus spoke, something had to happen. When we activate our faith, something has to happen. When Jesus touched her, she was instantly healed. The Bible says she stands up straight. That's why we lay hands on people in this church. That's why some of you, if you're thinking like, man, Pastor, you're always wanting to pray for people. Yes, because Jesus demands and commands us to and gives us the example to. I don't want to just pray for you and be like, I'm here and my friend Ricky's right there and will God take care of you? No, I want to go and I want to pray for him. Whatever he's going through. I don't want to come from here and just be like, Like my brother, Joey, Joey, God loves you, bro. No, I want to go to Joey and I want to pray for him because I love him. He owes me some stuff, but going to, I haven't seen my nephews in a long time. No, it's 
that there's a reason why the book of James talks about the laying of the hand. There's something about it, church. But here's the gist of the story. It's not just the word that sets us free. It's not just the word that brings healing. It's the way God sees us. Because in those times, that woman was probably looked down upon. It's not like here nowadays, if we see someone, we help them. If we saw someone walking like this, we would do our best because we're good people and we'll, we'll help them sit down. If you see someone, you'll help. You'll, you'll do the right thing. And that time, if I, I came like this to church, you all would look at me and be like, I hope he sits in the back. Oh, I hope he sits up in the bleachers. You know, that's how people were. But Jesus says something interesting. He says, she's a daughter of Abraham. In other words, bondage is real, but it's not for her. Oh, I don't, I don't know if you got this. Bondage is real, but it's, it's not for you. It's not for you. As a son and daughter, bondage is real, but that's not for you. It's not for you. He says, she's a daughter of Abraham. In other words, her freedom belongs to her. Galatians 3.29 says this real quick. It says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. When God promised Abraham all those years in the book, of Genesis, when God told Abraham to leave his family and go to a new place and that God was going to bless him with more children than he could ever imagine, we are experiencing that today. When God said they were going to be a blessed nation, we're experiencing that today. When God said all these things, all those years ago, when Abraham had to trust God in faith and leave everything that he knew to go to a new place that God was calling him to, that is the result, the result of obedience. Because it's not just about, there's a lot of people that will take the steps but never arrive. There's a lot of people that will come to church, raise their hands, but they'll never arrive to the conclusion that they've been looking for. So when she goes, when he goes and he calls her that and, he, and all the, the religious people get their, the Bible says they were shamed. They were kind of like embarrassed because Jesus called them out. And then Paul echoes that and he says, hey, by the way, because you belong to Jesus, you're an heir. And God's promises to Abraham belong to you. Like I said earlier, if you don't have the revelation of freedom in your life, you will always be comfortable with slavery. You're always going to be comfortable with slavery. You're always going to walk in slavery. You're always going to walk in bondage. But that's not what God designed for his people. It's not. You're designed for more. You're designed for freedom. You're designed to walk differently. You're not designed to come to church bound, bent, carrying loads that were never meant for you to carry. God is wanting you to be free and at peace with him. 
You came to the right place. Now all you have to do is walk in that. Walk. That means, you know what that looks like? Going to your job and going home and being at peace, knowing that you are a son, you're a daughter. That the things that you might be going through is not because God's punishing you, because he doesn't like you or... No, no, no. Be at peace. Go to sleep at peace, knowing that you are free. Because the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thanks for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.